And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Sunday, May 30th. It is Sunday, so you know exactly what that means. We are going to be talking waivers, fab, getting you ready to make those bids and get some new players on your team for the week ahead. Al Melchior sitting in for the vacationing Derek Van Riper and uh, Al doing some work on the home. You just moved to Massachusetts. <laughs> you got some work going yeah. there. I'm, I'm, I can tell it's going to look very good when you guys are done. I, I appreciate that, Michael. I, I'm liking the uh, the the wall, uh, the the paint uh, that we've chosen here for the uh, the podcast studio. It looks like a and, like a green monster green, like a Fenway green, from what I can tell. Uh, it's a little bluish, but yeah. Part <laughs> of the problem here is we're we're also lacking some lighting at this point. So I appreciate everybody putting up with the work in progress here. Hey, man! All that matters is the advice that we bring. You know the drill here: hitters, starting pitchers, two start pitchers, and relievers is the order we will go in. Let's start with the hitters, and let's start Al. With Keston Hira, who is recalled at the start of this week, so it's certainly possible that he didn't get dropped in your league. If he did get dropped, someone was anticipating the call-up before it happened, so maybe this isn't going to apply to everyone, but Keston Hira, obviously a big name, has not gone well, Al, in the week that he has been back in the majors. One for 16, nine strikeouts, two walks. The talent is obvious. The talent speaks for itself, but let's say you are out there in a league where he was dropped and was not brought back onto a team. How aggressive are you going to be in going after him? Are you even going to go after him in your uh, fab bids later today? I'm not going to go aggressively, Michael, just because of my perception that uh, there won't be a lot of activity on him this weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the very reasons that you just stated. Uh, But I I am really interested in rostering him where I don't have him just because, like you said, the the, the, the potential is there. We've seen that potential uh, be realized at the major league level before. So, you know, just like we've got, you know, for example, you know, Francisco Lindor, who just can't get it going this year, uh, you know, or in the case of like a Josh Bell, who's starting to get it going, uh, you know, unfortunately it might take here, you know, a couple of months, you know, both major and minor league work to, to get it going. And I would certainly like to have him on my roster when that happens. So uh, if I don't have to, give up too much uh, of my fab budget then and I and I also don't have to sacrifice somebody using a roster spot that I really want to keep I mean it's it's not a complete slam dunk but I'm going to try to make it work if I can the strikeouts are really what concerns me if you told me he was one for 16 but had like three strikeouts to two walks I would be like all right one for 16 who really cares but it's the fact that I mean he was striking out a ton in the minors he was hitting everything but when he wasn't hitting everything he was striking out he was basically mashing or striking out. And so that didn't go away at the lower level. He comes back to the majors, nine strikeouts in his 16 at-bats. Uh, I don't have the plate appearance number right off the top of my head, but still 
The strikeouts are an issue. The talent is immense. I would still be in on him at a reasonable bid level later today. Zach McKinstry activated from the IL on Saturday. Went over three in his return. Results don't really matter. The fact that he is back is what matters here. And I think he's got a line on regular playing time, Al. A.J. Pollock, Corey Seager, they are both on the I.L. We know Cody Bellinger is back in the mix for the Dodgers. But with those two guys out, Pollock and Seager, you've got Gavin Lux shifted over to short. You've got an everyday spot for Chris Taylor at second base. And I think that leaves an outfield spot open for McKinstry to have most of the time. Are you in agreement with me there? And if you are, how aggressive are we on McKinstry today? I want to be in agreement with you uh, because of the options that the Dodgers have. I, I think McKinstry would be the best one to have in the lineup most often, but largely because it is the Dodgers and because they've structured their roster such that they have a number of players that the, they can move around to different positions. I don't trust the playing time for McKinstry. Uh, you still do have Matt Beatty in that mix. Uh, he should be playing at least some against mm-hmm. against righties. You've got uh, Tsutsugo, who was recently acquired who's been playing a fair amount lately. So, yeah, I I don't see that any one of those players would necessarily just run away with regular playing time just because how many times have you seen that on a Dodgers roster in the last like 3 years or probably longer where, you know, that eighth or ninth that that eighth hitter in the lineup rather um you know just plays 5 games a week. It's just mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure we've seen that, so I'm not sure we're going to see it now. It just kills you how they can they can put really any of those guys, Beatty, Yoshi Susugo, or Albert Pujols at first. You shift Muncie over to yeah. second. You push Chris Taylor into the outfield, and there goes the spot for McKinstry. I, I, I really, I think I still want to be in on him though, because I think he's going to get the most playing time in the you know Pollock Seager spot. And I think he can do plenty of damage uh, in that lineup with that amount of playing time. So maybe you're not as uh, aggressive on the bid for him, but I think someone who should still be on your radar later today unless you are just totally flush across the board at the offensive positions. Uh, Brad Miller, this is a guy who uh, should be very popular, I would think, this week. He was probably a little bit popular last week. I actually grabbed him in Top Wars last week. Love the flexibility. Eligible at first, second, third, and in the outfield. And he has brought that not only in the fantasy, world but in real life last five games for Philly he has started all of them and he has started them in one in right field one in left field one at third one at second one at first so he's doing it in real life too and quietly having a very nice year hitting 296 361 490 going into play on Sunday I think this is one of the best guys to go after regardless of what your needs are this weekend I agree with that, and it sort of reminds me a few weeks back when uh, I, I think probably on Fantasy in 15, I was talking with Derek Van Riper about Chris Taylor uh, not being rostered in enough leagues, having that similar flexibility and kind of scratching my head. So I'm not sure why it's taken us as a community this long to get in on Brad Miller, because it's really not just now that he's starting to play regularly. It's It's been at different spots during the season so far. So he, he's always had the the power tool. And uh, he's got the playing time now and for the foreseeable future. So uh, he's he's potentially an option in 12 teamers and absolutely so. in anything that's deeper. Yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, I was, I missed, uh, I was a little out of the loop while I was on paternity leave. And then I was really getting back into it last week. And when I was making my Top Wars bids, I was sort of surprised to see him sitting there uh, in a uh, a league as sharp as Top Wars, a 15-team league where we obviously have the five outfielders and a corner infielder and a middle infield spot. And uh, I went looking after that just because I was surprised to see him. And 
learned that it wasn't actually that uncommon for Brad Miller to be available. We're seeing that roster rate really pick up. And I think after this week, the fact that he is still hitting as well as he is and really is a everyday player for the Phillies with minor exceptions. I do think that we're going to see that pick back up here this weekend. Johan Camargo, let's talk about him for a second here. Playing time is going to be a question. He got the call back from the minors with Marcelo Zuna on the IL. We know Marcelo Zuna is going to be out for a very long time here. Um, Camargo, it's hard to say if he's really going to be locked into an everyday spot, right? Because the way that he plays is he plays third. You push Austin Riley into the outfield. You push Guillermo Heredia to the bench. And I think that can happen. I think that that's going to be the more likely um, lineup for Atlanta to be trotting out there. But I wonder how how often is it going to be, and is Camargo going to do enough with the opportunity to be worth it in the fantasy world? I like him if you are needing a second baseman, third baseman, middle infield, corner field, whatever you look for. But I wouldn't be too aggressive on him this weekend. Where are you sitting on Camargo? Pretty much the same, Michael. Uh, and I, I think that that 18 homer season, I can't remember, 18 or 19, whatever it was a mm-hmm. couple years ago, uh, looked a little fluky at the time. It definitely stands as an outlier and without the, even that sort of moderate level of power. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what he gives you. And there is a little bit of playing time uncertainty there. I think the one thing that helps is that he would be, as you mentioned, second base or middle infield eligible. That's a, a hard spot to fill yeah. in a lot of leagues. And so he may be the best option out there, but it's just more, you know, a, a matter of kind of the the, the best of a, a series of not great options. So mm-hmm. not 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 interested at all in anything <laughs> that's shallower than 15 teams. Right. And even in 15 teamers, it's pretty much a last resort. And, and we talk about the middle infield eligibility being a big part of his draw here. Well, look at who else we're talking about. Keston Hira. He's got that. Brad Miller. He's got that both of those guys obviously more attractive than Johan Camargo. This really is a scarcity play and a bet on you know some sort of value coming from being part of this Atlanta lineup that you know really frankly has not lived up to expectations to this point of the season. Even though you do have some really strong individual performances, just not quite coming together for them as a team. Another guy who we have available for the middle infield this week is Ty France. Ty France was activated from the uh, IL earlier this week on Monday. In fact, he's played in all six games for Seattle uh, since being activated. Four starts at first base, one start at second, one start at DH, showing off his flexibility both in real life and in the fantasy world. Seven for 20 in the six games that he has been back for Seattle. is uh, yet to leave the yard, but seven for 20. Very happy to see that and happy to see him playing every single day. Where are you adding Ty France? What formats is he attractive to you as a waiver ad this weekend? Really any kind of 14 or 15 teamer. Uh, doesn't matter if it's roto points head to head. Yeah. The, the thing is that France has a little extra appeal. If um, batting average is a, uh, is a category that you sure. really need to improve upon. He's a line drive hitter uh, also should produce some runs there. So, you know, you mentioned that he hasn't uh, gone yard since returning. I wouldn't be trying to pick up Ty France in, in hopes that he's going to put up big power numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't, wouldn't, wouldn't count on that, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's not always easy to find somebody in this offensive environment who can help you with batting average in France is somebody who could definitely do that. So between that and the positional flexibility, he's one of the options that we've discussed so far that I really feel the most positive about. 
he was an easy guy to let go uh, when he went on the IL too. If you have IL spots, you have IL spots. But not very many of us have just free IL spots to play around with uh, at this point of the season. And Ty France was someone who, as good of a player as he is, if you did have too many IL spots, if your IL was all filled up, you know, Ty France would be an easy one to say, I don't want to let him go, but he's the least important of my IL guys. And I say that just to say that there's a good chance he is out there. Not a great chance that Keston here is still out there for people who would be realistically adding him. There's a pretty decent chance that Ty France is available to you. So definitely someone to put on your radar, to have on your list today as you are filling out your ads. Let's take a look over to the Minnesota Twins where we find a couple of uh, outfielders, unlikely players, getting playing time. Rob Refsnyder and Trevor Larnock. Uh, these two guys both getting uh, enough time in the outfield to be uh, reasonable ads in, I would say, at least 15-team fantasy leagues. And I think the big thing here, Al, is it's probably not going to change anytime soon. We know Byron Buxton still dealing with that hip issue, not yet ready to start a rehab assignment, really not even ready to say when he'll be ready to start a rehab assignment. Then we have Rocco Baldelli. I, it was yesterday or Friday where he came out and said that Luis Arise is still uh, weeks away from returning to the field. And so I think that means that Ref Snyder excuse me, and Larnock are going to have a bead on playing time. Um, not every single day, but enough that we can talk about them as players to add this weekend. Where are you thinking about adding these two guys? Well, Larnock, definitely 15-teamers. If he's out there, uh, I think he's must-add in that depth of a league. Ref Snyder is a bit more difficult because uh, he obviously has never done anything offensively like what he's done so <laughs> yes. far. There's a relatively, uh, relatively small snapshot so far, but you know, he's, he's backing it up. I mean, he's mm -hmm. barreling the ball hitting with actual power. So, you know, even though he's at that age where it's very easy to dismiss any kind of small sample change, uh, you know, sometimes we get burned when we do that. So He's certainly a must-add in a, a league where it's just hard to find players with regular playing time. And you might actually just luck out and get somebody who's actually going to do more than just kind of put up empty stats. But I'm, you know, my 15-teamer, I'm. it's highly doubtful that I'm going to bid on Ref Snyder. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, Larnack, if he's out there, I will certainly bid on him in 15-teamers. I'm not quite there with him yet uh, in the 12-team leagues. All right, well, how about Donovan Solano uh, as someone to bid on beyond NL only? I think his his uh, value in NL only is pretty obvious. We know what sort of player he is. I think the thing that is boosting him a little bit is that, you know, we are, what, June is on Tuesday, Al? We're into June uh, this week, and this Giants team doesn't seem to be going away. I, I don't think that we're going to be talking about the NL West as a three-horse race come September, but I think two months into the season, we can take this Giants team as – basically at face value as at least a wild card contender for the uh, uh, in the National League. And maybe they make a move and they do stick with the two best teams in the NL, the Padres and the Dodgers, and make it a three-horse race in the NL West. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they at least deserve our respect as being a quality team with a quality offense. And that's what takes us back to Donovan Solano, a guy who is going to play basically every day, who brings the flexibility that Sol uh, Solano brings, second, third, and short eligibility, is going to, I think, drive some value because of that environment around him. So, homers in two of the last three games, six for 21 in his last six games. Do you have interest in him in mixers, or is this an NL-only guy, even despite the Giants lineup that he's got around him? 
he has been a mixed league guy to me for at least a couple of years now. So, uh, and only is just if he's out there, I mean, he's he's got to be snapped up immediately. But he's clearly, for me anyway, in the picture for 15 teamers as well. And I, I could sort of think of him as uh, the the Ty France of the National League because mm-hmm. he too is a uh, is a line drive hitter. He's been a Babbitt hero for the last couple of years. Uh, it's something that has sort of defied belief in terms of how high the batting average has been, but he's, he's continued to do it. And with a, uh, a batted ball profile, that really does support it. So Solano is somebody who could Easily hit 290, 300 rest of season. The homers, uh, two two of the last three games. Uh, don't expect that to continue. No. Again, kind of said the same thing about Ty France as well. Yeah. But uh, I think the only sort of negative I can bring in, in in discussing Solano in reference to what you were saying, Michael, about the Giants being contenders is that part of his appeal uh, a, a year ago and maybe the year before was uh, that he was hitting pretty high up in the order. Mm-hmm pretty regularly <laughs> and I don't know that we're going to see that this year so yeah. that does put a little bit of a damper on Solano's value but I, I still like the, the the batting average potential for him so 15 teamers for sure Giants are an unlikely contender here this 2021 season the Tampa Bay Rays an incredibly likely contender leagues that you and I play in in the industry you know Wander Franco Vidal Brujan they're already going to be on teams at this point um, you know, long-term keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, obviously they're on teams, but we've got a wide range of listeners and viewers here at The Athletic. So talking to the people who maybe can just go out and grab Vidal Brujan or Wander Franco right now, or really any other prospect you would maybe want to make an argument for, not that you have to, is this a good time to do it? Do you think this is worth sacrificing a roster spot to speculate on those guys? Maybe they are up sooner rather than later. I think it's something you have to look at at this time of year and as you were saying, people play in a variety of formats, different depths. So there's not one size fits all advice, but I think minimum, the one thing that applies to everybody is that uh, it's, it's worth looking at seeing what you would have to sacrifice to do it. And, and just a disclaimer here that this advice is coming from somebody who drafted Wander Franco <laughs> in a 12 team or the 12 team tout wars and has been uh, stashing him all along here. So I just figured this is somebody who, when he comes up is going to be a difference maker. If you've built a nice roster, if you're hanging in there at this point, this is somebody who could, push you to the next level. So, and I think mm-hmm. the same is, is true for Bruhan. Uh, so, and, and maybe true for a, a pitcher like Jackson Coar mm-hmm. or um, Josiah Gray. So now is the time to see if you can make those moves without sacrificing somebody that you also feel like you could, or you will need going forward. Al, I've been sitting on Wander in my 15-team Top Wars mixer, so we'll have to do like a uh, you know virtual thousands of miles apart from each other cheers uh, if and when he gets the call, because I think both of us would welcome having Wander Franco available to us. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Al, let's move on to the starting pitchers. First, I just want to note Marco Gonzalez will be making his return from the IL on Tuesday. If he's available, probably only in shallow leagues, but just a note, he will be making his return on Tuesday, so if he is available in your league, it's a good guy to check out to see if he was dropped. He will only be pitching a couple of innings in that return. It is against Oakland, but something just to keep in mind this week. Alec Manoa, this was the big story of the week. Al, he made his debut again, a guy who was already owned widely, but... He didn't get the call until Wednesday, so there's a possibility we are talking about leagues that let their waiver period pass last week. He's still sitting out there in those leagues. If you were in a league like that, is this an empty the fab situation? I would say not necessarily. Uh, I'll certainly go more aggressively on Manoa than I would probably any other free agent this weekend Mm -hmm. if he's available. But the thing is that uh, there's just such an emphasis on pitching this year, and my rosters pretty much universally are, are pitching heavy. And when I've talked to other people, uh, they, they've had the same thing. So I don't know how much Manoa really pushes my roster forward as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, if, if Wander Franco got the call, just, you know, as right. one example. Sure. So I might want to save save a little bit of money in case it's a league where Franco is out there or some other impact hitter, because I just think that it's 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 been so much harder to find decent hitters on waivers so far this year. And... You know, I just want to make sure I, that I save a little bit of money. So maybe I'm being a little too literal minded here, but I'm not going to empty the piggy bank. Uh, but, you know, I'll certainly go as aggressively as I, I feel like I can. Yeah, you know, I think that's a, a totally fair way to think about this, too. And you got to leave yourself something. You can't just totally go empty on this. So I think it's a fine way to think about it, but we do want to be aggressive. Great start in his first debut outing against the Yankees. Six shutout, seven Ks. Definitely looked the part of a future ace. How about Adbert Alzali? This is another guy, Al, who I'm surprised that the, the roster rate hasn't picked up for him. He's been in the Cubs rotation all season long. He's someone who we knew at least a little something about coming into the season. It's not like he was this total unknown. We knew he had something of a ceiling that would turn him into a, at worst, 15-team mixed relevant sort of guy. And he's been, I would say, even better than his biggest stalwarts could have anticipated him being. 3.81 ERA. The whip still is south of one. Right now it's at 0.93, and that was after arguably his you know sloppiest start of the season, his last time out when he had a... a Base runner and a half per inning. 51 strikeouts, just 10 walks on the season in 49 and two-thirds innings. And if you go back to last year, you're looking at a guy who over his last 15 appearances, which include 13 starts, has a 3.55 ERA, a whip directly on one, 80 Ks, excuse me, in 71 innings. I mean, I think we've seen enough from him. I'm surprised that we're still talking about a guy who's about 28, 30% rostered across the fantasy world. I think he should be just... In, uh, universally on a team. Where are you on Elzelay? I'm with you, I, and I'm not sure I understand why this is the case. Uh, and on Fantasy in 15, every week we do, uh, well, actually every show we do a yeah. streamer segment. And 
each time that his start comes up, I think, well, should I check? Because he must be <laughs> unavailable yeah. in most leagues right now. And every time his start comes up, he's he's streamable. So that's got to change. Uh, I mean, for those of us who have the luxury of streaming him, I guess right. that's, that's been a great thing. But why not Why not just put him on there permanently? Uh, yeah, he's he's a must-add, a must-own, must-start really at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe in cores, uh, I would fear starting him. But otherwise, I'm not sure what there is to not like, and I'm not sure what there is to fear. I'm totally with you, Al, and you love the fact that the fact that he is as young as he is, and really this is his first extended run as a locked-in starter. Ten walks in 49 and two-thirds innings, and two or three, I think it was three, his last time out. So this has been a guy who has lived in the zone, has been getting a ton of strikeouts, a lot of weak contact, definitely like him. Schedule does pick up for the Cubs in the next, really the whole month of June. It's a very tough slate for the Cubs. Alzelay's next start later this week against the Padres. Let's talk about Tarek Skubal here, Al, another guy who we talk about quite a bit when we get to our streaming segment on Fantasy Baseball in 15. He starts later today on Sunday against the Yankees, so obviously we'll see how that goes. Uh, we know the home run problem is real. Uh, he is throwing a lot of pitches, so he's basically capped out at five innings. He gets 90, 100 pitches, and then he's done, and that's basically only got him through five innings. But he has clearly turned a corner, I would say, over really his four starts in May. 31 strikeouts in 21 innings in those four May starts. Does have a tough assignment his next time out against the White Sox. I know we don't love to go and pick a guy up and then not be super confident in him in his literal next start. But we're seeing a lot from Scooble here. And I think this is someone who also, even if you don't love the start against the White Sox, someone you can pick up and keep on your roster for the remainder of the season. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I don't like uh, these couple of matchups here. The one on Sunday against the Yankees, even though you know the Yankees, when you look at the the ranks across major leagues for WRC plus or, or WOBA, the Yankees have not been a great offense, but they're still fearsome. And yeah, that White Sox start is is scary, whether you look at the stats or not. And so if I if it's a league where I can bench him for uh, that White Sox start, then I have absolutely no compunction about trying to pick Scooble up. Uh, if, if I have to start them this week, I'm at least checking my alternatives. Yeah. I think that, I think that's totally fair, but both these guys, Scooble, Alzali, I think they're guys who are people who are going to be talking about beyond this week. We're going to get to two star pitchers in a little bit. And there's maybe some guys in there who you're going after just because of the two starts. I think Scooble and Alzali are starting to graduate out of that group. How about Spencer Howard? Another youngster who maybe is in that group. Definitely talk about as a streamer. Maybe someone who, because of the ceiling, we want to think about keeping on our rosters. Uh, for the foreseeable future, he is now in the rotation. He's made two starts over the last couple of weeks, nine Ks and seven innings in those starts. Obviously, they've had a tight leash on him in terms of uh, uh, usage and um, how far they're going to tax him in terms of pitches thrown. Walks have been a little bit of an issue for him, but still we know what he can be when he is at his best. How aggressive are you going to be on Howard this weekend? If it's a 12-team mixed league, I'm just sitting this one out this week uh, at yeah. the risk of missing out on him altogether. But 14, 15 teams, uh, I'm, I'm in if he's out there. Uh, in terms of yeah, level of aggression, uh, probably not more than like 4% because, uh, as you mentioned, if, if he is going to uh, pitch deeper into games, that's probably not going to happen for a while. So you're looking at a situation where you're probably stashing Howard for a mm-hmm. while. And again, with pitching being really good, pitching being really plentiful right now, that's just a, a way to eat up a roster space that that you don't necessarily need to do. So mm-hmm. uh, I won't go really aggressive, but I'd certainly like to add them if possible in uh, 14 teamers and up. 
Yeah, I think that uh, I think that's right on. I think that's exactly where you're looking at Spencer Howard. Gets Cincinnati in his next outing, so uh, that's, a, that's a landing spot. That a team that's got some power, but not quite the offense. Once again, uh, second year in a row that we can say that about the Reds. Not quite the offense that we thought they were going to be coming into the season. So he's, uh, he's an interesting guy, certainly in the short term, and then we'll see where he goes from there. Alec Manoa sucked up really all the oxygen in Toronto this week, at least all the oxygen when we're talking about the pitching staff. So maybe you missed the fact that Ross Stripling uh, got a, uh, I guess we call it an outing, an appearance as a follower in the last time he took the mound. And he looked great, Al. Seven shutout innings in that appearance. He's getting another start on Sunday against Cleveland. So, again, we will see how that start goes. Uh, you're going to maybe have more information on Ross Stripling than what we have sitting here right now talking about him. But let's just project ourselves ahead a few hours, Al, into a world where Ross Stripling had himself another nice start. He's been pretty roundly dropped after the first couple of months he's had this season. If he does well today in this start against uh, uh, Cleveland, are you back in on him? Do you think he's someone that you should be going after on waiver wires today? 15 teams, yes, I'd be back in on him. But, the you know, conversely, if he does not have a good start, then that really does make me question what his role is going to be going yes. forward. So it's not, not that I want to change my opinion wholesale based on one start. This is more about, you know, opportunity and uh, the team context. So, yeah, that I, I would uh, sit this out with Stripling if he does not have a good start against Cleveland. The team context is interesting because, you know, they they moved Manoa in the minors to line up with Stripling. And I think a lot of us, understandably so, took that as a sign that when Manoa comes up, and it was a when at that point, he's going to take Stripling's spot in the rotation. They've got them lined up for a reason. Stripling hasn't been pitching very well this season. It all made sense. It all lined up, frankly. Uh, so the fact that we're seeing Stripling get a start with Manoa in the rotation tells you that this team at least wants Stripling to have an opportunity at it. And we could definitely be looking at a Rue, Stripling, Mats, Manoa, Robbie Ray rotation. I don't think any of us would be surprised if that were the case for Toronto for the remainder of the season, assuming health. But Stripling's got to live up to his end of the uh, bargain. This Cleveland team, you know, not a great, not a terrible offense, but no Fran Mill Reyes. They haven't been great offensively this season, even with Reyes in the lineup. So this should be a spot where he, you know, fully takes command of his rotation spot. Definitely want to see that from him later this afternoon. One guy who I'm surprised to see so available, I wouldn't have thought I would be able to include him in this show, is Logan Webb. But you're seeing Logan Webb available in a fair amount of leagues, and he's been great in his last three. 1.06 ERA, 21 Ks, just three walks in 17 innings in those three starts. Gets the Cubs in his next outing. That'll be over the weekend. Uh, what are we looking at with Logan Webb this weekend? Uh, I'm looking at definitely trying to add him in, in a 15-teamer if he's there. Not 12-team just yet, but... Uh, you know, I said about 4% at, uh, for, for Spencer Howard. I'd say a similar, a similar uh, portion of fab for Logan Webb. And I actually think uh, that, you know, my, my biggest question with Webb is how long he stays in the, the Giants rotation. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, for the time being, uh, you know, I like him really better than Spencer Howard. I figure he's going to give you more innings yeah. and, and probably just better performance overall. I mean, I hear you with the concerns on Logan Webb, and we've already seen it from him uh, and having some legitimate rotation concerns in, in his spot. But if he keeps pitching this well and they're contending, I don't see how you get him out of that rotation. So I feel pretty good about him. Before we move on to two-star pitchers, let's just take a look at these guys. Alzali, Scooble, Howard, Stripling, Webb. 
let's say you're a pitch, one of the few pitching needy people in a fantasy league and you want to go after all these guys, how are you ranking them in your uh, waiver ranks for the weekend? Uh, Alzali, a distant first, uh, well ahead of the pack. Uh, Scooble after him, then Webb, then Howard, then Stripling. All right, let's take a move on now, Al, to two-star pitchers for the upcoming week. Let's start with Merrill Kelly, who has been surprisingly good the last two times he's gone to the mound. Two times ago, 12 strikeouts against the Dodgers, allowed three runs in seven innings. Last start, two earned runs against the Giants in six innings, had six strikeouts, no walks in either of those starts. This week gets the banged-up Mets in his first outing, then the Brewers on the road. How aggressive do you want to be on Merrill Kelly as a two-start pitcher this week? Very, very. Uh, and, you know, even before that Dodgers start, which, which really kind of woke all of us up, yes. uh, he was he was trending trending up. I mean, at least at that point, even before that Dodgers start, he looked like the sort of person with a, a two-step and with these kinds of matchups that you thought, okay, this is going to be a good ad. Now he's stepped it up even from there. So uh, as much as I would go aggressively on a two-start streamer, uh, you know, which again typically is not more than like two percent, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think Kelly could be more than that. So yeah. I'd be willing to go, you know, probably three on him, uh, in, with hopes that he could stick beyond beyond this week. But I, yeah, these matchups are are fantastic. A lot of strikeout potential there with that Brewers matchup. Yeah, totally with you. I think that that's a, a great ad to make um, in in fantasy leagues. And I was going to ask you if you think that there is some uh, value in Merrill Kelly beyond this week. I'm with you too. I don't think this is just necessarily a two-start week and then dump him. I think with the fact that what he did against the Dodgers and then that Giants team we were talking about that, you know, we might not have expected it, but we have to take it at face value two months into the season. Two strong starts against teams like that. 18 strikeouts, no walks in those two starts. Got to feel pretty decent. If he can back that up against you know two softer offenses in the Mets and the Brewers this week, I don't think you're going to want to be getting rid of Merrill Kelly if he comes through for you. How about Wade Miley? He was originally slated to make his return from the IL today, Sunday, against the Cubs. He's been pushed back to Monday, but you know, no concerns there. Really just lining things up in a way, not like he had a setback or anything. So let's assume that activation happens. He'll get two starts, first one against Philly, second one against St. Louis, was pitching pretty well before he went on the IL, a 3.5 ERA, 1.08 whip, 34 Ks in 43 and two-thirds innings. Wade Miley, uh, is this an easy ad across the board here? I wouldn't say easy. Well, and and I should distinguish between adding and starting. I actually think, yeah, he is a a pretty easy add. I'm not sure I'm going to start him this week. I have him in a 12-teamer. And he's in the discussion. Uh, if he were not coming off the IL, he'd be an automatic start for me in a 12-teamer. But I do worry about uh, a pitcher, particularly one who you know works more with finesse than than being a dominator, um, coming off an injury and just wondering how deep he might go in that first start, how effective he might be. So it's going to be a, a way my options scenario with Wade Miley. But he's in that discussion even for 12-teamers. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's really the perfect way to say it with uh, the return from the road, return from the uh, IL. Excuse me. You also have a very hot St. Louis team looming 
uh, over the weekend for him. This is a team that you know doesn't necessarily have the the greatest offense in the league. They've only got like a plus twelve run differential despite being thirty and twenty two. But they are among the hottest teams in baseball right now. Something like six or seven straight wins for that team. So. Could be facing a tough matchup at least over the weekend against the Cardinals. Let's move over to Kansas City, Al. Uh, You were going crazy for Mike Miner on an episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 earlier this week, wondering where the love for him is. And, uh, you know, you really pointed me in his direction, the fact that he does deserve more love than he's received this season. Both he and Brady Singer getting two start weeks and pretty solid landing spot for these guys. Great matchup to start the week against Pittsburgh. And then Minnesota, over the weekend, uh, this team definitely still has some pop, but not quite the Minnesota team that they've been in recent years. How do you feel about these guys? You want? I know you want Miner. Tell me how much you want Miner, and do you also want Singer? I want them both, uh, and I realize you know we, we're, we've got limited uh, rotation spots here, so that there's going to have to be some rank ordering here. Uh, I would slot both behind Kelly in terms of priority, but I would okay. slot both ahead of Wade Miley, again, because of my concern of him coming off of the IL. Uh, and I actually like Singer a little bit more than I like Minor. What? And the, the Mike Minor stats, apostate over here. <laughs> I and I do you're right I really do like Mike Miner and the context of that discussion we had was that you know, I don't think that Mike Miner is, is a, a must start definitely not in mm-hmm. one start weeks but somebody that doesn't get enough due in these kinds of this precise kind of situation here with two starts you know with pretty good matchups so this is somebody that if you can you start them uh, with uh, these kinds of matchups. But again, I would prioritize Kelly and Singer ahead of him. So that's the only reason I would pass on Mike Miner this week. Yeah, really like that matchup with Pittsburgh. Even if that Minnesota offense is firing on all cylinders, you will take that to get a matchup against the Pirates. We've got a similar discussion here for David Peterson, who will take the ball on Monday against Arizona for the Mets. And then over the weekend, in San Diego against the Padres. Doesn't matter where the San Diego team's playing, they are dangerous. We know that's a bad start. Is the Arizona matchup good enough for you to absorb the San Diego matchup for David Peterson? Well, I, I think it is, but this is, again, just more an issue of a numbers game with uh, having some really good options this week. That's not always mm-hmm. the case. In another week, Peterson might be a must-add, might be somebody I'd consider in a 12-teamer. But he falls to the back of the line. Uh, in terms of the options that we've discussed so far. So if he's available out there in 15 teamers, I am all over it. Uh, But otherwise, I'm putting my priorities elsewhere. I think that's a fair way to talk about him, and I think that's probably a fair way to talk about Jorge Lopez. This is, for me, totally a contingency bid. Uh, I've got bids in for Kelly, Miley, Minor, Singer, and Peterson. Somehow I miss out on all of them, but I still want two starts. I look at Jorge Lopez. I see matchups against Minnesota and Cleveland. I'm not necessarily running away from them. It still, though, is... A, a matchup play, B, a contingency, I don't get anyone else, and C, I really feel like I need the two starts because it's not like Jorge Lopez is blowing anyone away. If you can check all those boxes, I think you can throw something in for him. If you can't, I think you take a pass. Are you of any different mind on Jorge Lopez? No, you spoke my mind mind totally there, Michael. (laughs) All right, beautiful. Well, then let's move on to four guys here. Now, I could see liking any of these four guys better than Lopez, Maybe better than Peterson, but very tough two-step for all four of these guys. You've got Jamison Tyone. He gets the Rays and then the Red Sox. Drew Smiley gets Washington and then the Dodgers. Garrett Richards is at Houston and at the Yankees. Trevor Williams versus San Diego at San Francisco. Not an easy matchup in that bunch for any of those guys. So 
Can you make an argument for any of the four? You don't have to argue for all of them, and you could say, you know what, they're all a pass. But is there anyone out there of that group of four that you look at and say, even with these matchups, I want to make a play for him? The only one I would consider doing that for is Tyone. And yeah, those are tough, tough matchups at home for him, which again, Yankee Stadium, that's not necessarily a plus. Uh, but I, I would slot him ahead of Lopez. But otherwise, okay. yeah, I'm taking taking a pass. And I even wrote about Richards in uh, next week in fantasy baseball for the athletic and cautioning people uh, against him with these matchups because the peripherals uh, don't really back up the results so far. And mm-hmm. uh, that those per- the, those uh, results rather could catch up with these two <laughs> starts. So uh, I am avoiding Garrett Richards this week. Just a brutal two-step at Houston, at the Yankees. Two good offenses. Could definitely see them getting at him. And, yeah, we like to talk about all the two-star pitchers, but those are, I mean, that's a a set of matchups. Tampa Bay, Boston, Washington, Dodgers, Houston, Yankees, Padres, Giants. And we're talking about, you know, teams that are all not only good offenses, but, you know, maybe with the exception of Washington, wouldn't be surprised to see all those teams in the playoffs this season. So definitely a tough slate. And I'm with you. I think I could, I can make an argument for Tyone. Because of the Yankees, and you know he's pitched relatively well. He's striking out a fair amount of guys. Smiley Richards and Williams, however, even with the two starts, maybe if they had the uh, the Pittsburgh Minnesota matchups that the KC guys get, but with the matchups they've got, guys who I want to pass on. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, Al, let's wrap things up here by taking a look into the bullpen. First thing I want to do is go over to Kansas City. Josh Stomont is on the IL, so... Kyle Zimmer, uh, he has the team's only save since Stomont went down. And Stomont, they, they didn't put him immediately on the IL. Uh, but they've only had one save opportunity since then. It went to Kyle Zimmer. He got it. Are we thinking he's the guy while Stomont is out? I'm pretty confident that he is. Uh, Scott Barlow has been in that mix all along. And yet, uh, you know, he's not really gotten those opportunities. And, and that's, you know, that's the only other option that would seem to make sense here. So, I th- yeah, I do think Kyle Zimmer is the guy. 
and uh, he's definitely worth pursuing this weekend. Uh, how how much are we talking about pursuing him at? Uh, he He's the guy, it sounds like, Stoman with his knee sprain is going to miss some time. So this could be a situation where Zimmer is their closer for a while. How much are you going after him? How aggressive are you on him this weekend? If if, if uh, saves are a priority for me, uh, then I would say probably in the neighborhood of about uh, 7.5%. Okay, how about J.P. Fireisen? Does he factor into that mix? Is he someone you would rather have than Zimmer? He does have saves in two of his last three appearances. We know what this Tampa Bay team does. They're going to mix and match. No one's going to get the 100% share of the save opportunities. No one's maybe going to get an 80% share of the save opportunities. But he has gotten saves in two of his last three, and all three were high leverage appearances. So clearly they got him from Milwaukee for Willie Adames because they wanted to use him at the back end of the bullpen right away. How confident are you in him being someone who is regularly in the save mix for this team? And then what does that translate to in the fab world? Well, what what helps my confidence a lot is what you just alluded to, that uh, the Rays wasted no time in getting him Mm -hmm. into high leverage situations and specifically save situations. It was really sort of surprising right away, uh, giving him some save opportunities. So I agree with you. I I don't think that that translates into... um, being the the sole closer because that's just not what the Rays do. Mm-hmm. So you know, for that reason, I, I'm probably looking at more about six percent of Fab for Fire Eisen. Uh, he's uh, if I'm bidding uh, for one closer, then he's certainly a contingent bid uh, beyond Zimmer. But uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to to go that far that you know about six percent um, and and happy to get him if I don't get Zimmer. Yeah, something else that you like about Fire Eisen, 25 strikeouts and 24 in the third innings. He's got a whip less than one. Even if he's not saving games, even if you, you get him, you deploy him for a full week, you don't need him to get all these save opportunities to still be contributing to your bottom line. You want him to get him, but if it's a week where you know he's just being used in a high-leverage eighth-inning situation, he can still contribute to your ratios. He can still get you strikeouts. That was something we talked about with Lucas Sims for a while, but he now has saves in his last two outings for Cincinnati. One of those was a one-out save, came in to put out a fire and did so, but then he got the call the next time and pitched a clean inning. This has been a team that we haven't been able to figure out. Everyone was all over Amir Garrett at the start of the season, and that flamed out in a big, big way. They've been really searching for some sort of consistency in the ninth inning. Is Lucas Sims the guy who's going to provide it for them? Maybe, but I, I'm certainly not banking on that. Uh, <laughs> I still, I'm still holding out some hope for TJ Antone, and I, yeah. he, he's in that mix. Uh, I like his skill set a little better than Sims. So I'm not going as aggressively on Sims, probably more in the the area of 4% uh, for him because I just, I think it's, it really has more to do with the way that that, uh, that bullpen situation has played out up to this point that I don't have a lot of confidence that one one reliever will run away with it. But I think Anton is the kind of reliever who who could force the issue if he gets a chance. Yeah, I'm with you there. I totally agree with you on that. It seems, though, someone, even though you're not you know, super keen on him necessarily, if you are save needy, like, is he someone you do go after? I mean, you throw oh, yeah. the 4% numbers. So that's not just because we're talking about him. You think he's still worth a bid <laughs> just tempering the expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to me anyway, you know, saying I'm going for 4% on somebody, especially at this stage of the season, uh, you know, when we're talking about 4% of – you know, a, a budget mm. that's not, you know, largely not there in the same way as it was <laughs> uh, two months ago. Uh, you know, that's 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 still significant. So I like yeah. all three, uh, Zimmer, Fire Eisen, and, and Sims, but this is yeah, just the way I prioritize them. 
Um, all right, Al, we've got one more guy who I want to talk about here, and it is Tyler Rogers, who has become something of the go-to closer for the Giants. Six saves on the season, uh, but obviously not a closer profile here. That was something we talked about with the Giants before the season. We're looking at Tyler Rogers and, and Jake McGee, and I really liked Reyes Moronta, and we know that he's been dealing with injuries again this season. But this was a team that we weren't exactly sure who was going to emerge as their go-to closer, or if someone was going to emerge, frankly, as a go-to closer. Rodgers has really struggled in his last two trips to the mound. Gave up three runs. A team was had a three-run lead in the ninth against the Dodgers. He gave it all up on a three-run homer to Austin Barnes. The time before that, he loaded the bases, did get out of it, did get a save, but made the team sweat in that one. Is it time to speculate for someone else with the Giants? I think given the options that we have this week, which are pretty plentiful compared to a lot of other weeks previously. Uh, I'm probably not going to, to do that. Uh, I'm probably not going to invest the, uh, you know, the, the fab uh, money to, you know, to try to pick somebody out of that situation and rather focus on the three that we've talked about. And largely that's just because I actually think that Rogers, well, you see, he doesn't have a closer profile and I, I get that. Uh, I do think that he could be a successful closer and he can, he can turn things around there. And I don't think there's great alternatives at this point. So uh, I'm going to keep the faith in Tyler Rogers and um, yeah, I just don't see an alternative that I really, I really like that much, but you know, we've seen it before with the contact friendly closers who are just really good at managing contact. And Mm -hmm. we saw that for Brandon Kinsler for, for several seasons. And um, you know, we certainly can, you know, going back even further like Ryan Franklin. Um, So I think Rogers can succeed. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, we got to talk about really every situation. We want to talk about as many situations as we can. But I think you diagnosed it perfectly with the fact that there's not really an obvious guy to turn to in San Francisco. The fact that Rodgers deserves a little bit of a leash with the way he's pitched so far this season. And you've got plenty of options to go after at the uh, if you need some save help already this week. Even if you liked a giant to speculate on, you're probably not going after him ahead of Zimmer or Fire Eisen or Sims. So it's not like this is the best week to just be speculating in Unless, you know, you are in a unique league. So we're probably a week away. If Tyler Rogers continues to struggle this week, then maybe we take a deeper look at the Giants bullpen next week. But that is a discussion that we can potentially continue next week. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thank you so much for joining Al and I here today. Good luck with all your bids. The Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast returns on Tuesday with Under the Radar. Thank you.